With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Inside the Birds is back. What's up, everybody? It's Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan doing what we do in the middle of the week, and that's giving you our sourced intel on tape breakdown from the prior game. The Eagles did not lose, Adam. They just simply did not win for the third straight week, a 23-23 tie against the Bengals. Obviously, they have a big game uh, on tap here Sunday night against the 49ers. We'll, We'll preview that in our next podcast, but um, just, uh, you know, this was the first time, Adam, that I really got to sit down myself and also evaluate the tape. So the things that we hear become more crystallized when you get the chance to really dive deep into the tape. And I, I, I've got some, some pretty interesting observations and in a, in a broad sense of it, I'll say this, I'm, I'm fairly convinced that this thing can get better if a few things get better, like uh, as bad as it looks, my observation is if a few things get corrected, which I think are correctable, that we're, we're still going to talk about certain issues with mechanics and things. But like um, it wasn't as, as disgusting as I thought it was from just a Carson Wentz standpoint. There were a lot of moving parts that we'll talk about, uh, but clearly, you know, it's got to get better. And you hope this week of practice, the the rhythm, the timing and some of the things that Carson should be seeing on tape start to, you know, um, start to really sink in upstairs. You hope, you hope, because the tape is the, is the truth and the tape is not good and he's missing throws that he, sh- he needs to hit. I mean, these are throws in 18 when he was playing with a bad back, he was, he was hitting. I mean, that, that's, that's what someone said to me uh, on Tuesday, and I thought that was mm-hmm. a good point. Because people said the starters' regression was in 18, and this person who would know does not agree with that, thought it was really in 19. Did, did he? I mean, if you compare 17 to 18, obviously he was way better in 17. That's not debatable. Right. But the real true regression, the mechanics and the fall off in the overall performance started in 19. Yeah. And that's, no, that, I would agree. Yeah, and, and it's, it's been on a downward trend for, for whatever reason. We could talk all we want about coaching, and certainly coaching is part of it. But the player sometimes has to assume a part of this responsibility uh, because when you continually do this and you're doing the same things, it's the, the issues with his mechanics, Jeff, have carried over from last season. That's the troubling part. Mm-hmm. Now, someone reminded me, and it, we all know this, but it needs to be said because it, it gives a broader context. When you're not in the May and June camps and getting those reps, because what happens is you watch the practice tape and – 
if Wentz's feet are not set correctly, you correct it. You go out the next day and the next day and the next day. You don't have that right now. You just yeah. don't. And, yeah. and, and Carson needs to understand that. The urgency's got to be there. You don't have the offseason anymore. You, and, you, you know, by the way, we don't even know about the next offseason. So True. you got what you have now, and it's got to be better. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, that I thought was worse this week as opposed to the week before um, from a Carson standpoint, and we'll talk about it when we get into that, is um, field vision. I think we need to discuss – what mm-hmm. he's seeing versus what he's not seeing. Oh, I got one. I did. I was not aware of. We'll get into that, but well, maybe I uh, spotted it as well. We will. T- we will. Yeah, talk yeah. About so, that. so, and then also, Jeff. Uh, you know, earlier mm-hmm. this week on Tuesday, they did. So, they, they had some transactions, and one that I thought thought was absolutely fascinating. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. We. Yeah. So we will. We will do all of that. Um, yeah. I want to remind everybody um, and thank people who have watched and and responded to the Inside the Birds pregame live show that we've been doing at Goose Island uh, every every Sunday so far from 10 a.m. to noon. Now the next one, because it's a night game, we're going to do from uh, starting at 5 o'clock. So uh, it'll still be at Goose Island. It'll still be on our YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook pages. It'll still be with Trey Thomas, Greg Cosell, and the two of us, but it's going to start at 5 p.m. So make sure you adjust your own schedule for that and catch us there. And we did experiment, and it worked out well, I heard, with having our show being broadcast on the big screen out at Goose Island oh, and the sound working. Okay, so I didn't know that. Okay. People, um, I know people have tried to come and see us and had some issues because we're inside, uh, and you can't necessarily sit down inside and watch us, but you can sit down, see our show on the big screen, and hear it, if, uh, and then also have some, some you know, beer and food and stuff as it goes Good. on at Goose Island Good. in Fishtown. And also, uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, Adam, the latest Tales from the Blind Side with Trey Thomas and Jamal Jackson and Todd Harriman's is up on our YouTube page and our podcast platforms. It's hysterical. It's so freaking funny. These guys are unbelievable. When you, when you just have them talking football and getting together like this, even in a Zoom environment, hysterical. And the storytelling. You stay for the storytelling. You got, you got to hear the stories. It's uh... It's really cool. Three former teammates who played, the, you know, they, they were on the offensive line, know each other so well, and they always have interesting perspectives. So it's, I'm so glad they've joined the ITB family and our brand, and uh, we, we couldn't be happier. We appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let's get into this uh, tape breakdown. Well, actually, you want to go over the transactions? We need. Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. I meant the transactions, yeah, because yeah, um, yeah. there were some interesting ones. Yeah. So Dallas Goddard is on IR, so yep. he's going to miss at least three games. Yep. Um, and they sign a, a wide receiver from the Panthers practice squad, Hakeem Butler, but they immediately announce that they're converting him to tight end. He is a big guy. I mean, he is a big wide receiver. Yep. Yeah. Good for the Eagles to not play games here. Like the thing that I've appreciated the last year or so is like, they don't even like when they, they when they're going to like Jalen Mills, when they resign him, they didn't even hide the fact that they were going to make him a safety. Like they just said, he's, they said Jalen say S Jalen Mills, which means he's changing position. So Right. Yeah, that one caught me by surprise. That was interesting. Yeah. So here's the only Hakeem Butler. So he was a he's a big bodied possession receiver mm-hmm. who did not run well enough. Uh, he never got a shot with the Cardinals. He just didn't. He was a former fourth round pick. Right. They you know as you know Jeff they added a ton of receivers. He just he was the one guy who doesn't run very well. So the Eagles did a smart thing here. Uh, I don't know what the Panthers were doing with him, but I, I know the Eagles plan. Uh, they've actually, I'm told, not on Butler per se, but I know they've looked for years to find someone who fell through the cracks in terms of a tweener. Look, we mm-hmm. know they've they've used Josh Perkins, 
They moved him to tight end. Right. They like doing these things. Now, here's the, here's the issue, though. Now, Perkins is hurt, right? That's probably yes, why yes. he yeah, so, they had to do exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so he could be that guy. But here's the issue, though. Mm-hmm. Butler was signed from a practice squad, so he's on the 53. Right. He replaces Goddard on the 53. And they have not placed Jalen Rager on, on IR yet. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. I know people are going – we got an email about it. So we're only, we, we don't dress stuff on Twitter. We dress it on our show. Mm-hmm. What I'm told is the six to eight week window of the recovery from his thumb thumb surgery is an estimate from a medical standpoint that the doctor has given him. It doesn't mean he can't come back in five. It doesn't mean he'll be back in eight within eight. Okay, it's just an estimate. He's not right. coming back in three weeks. I, I okay, you know whatever. The, the, please don't get your hopes up high. <laughs> he had thumb surgery. He had a specific type. It has to heal correctly. That is why he. The reason why he had the surgery is because he did want to play, as I was told. But mm-hmm. the problem was long-term, he could have damage to his thumb if he played on it. That's why right. he had the surgery. End of story. That's where that's at. Okay. So, we'll I'll just have to kind of – it's like a, a being in a holding pattern with him. You just have to wait and see how the recovery goes. Yeah, exa- exactly. So, I, I, people are, like, tracking it. Like, I've, I've got two emails about it. I had a reporter that I'm friendly with. Hey, do you know anything about – why they haven't put on an IR? I said, just calm down a little bit. He's not coming back soon. <laughs> just mm-hmm. Relax a little bit. Right. Teams do this sometimes because they do transaction for a transaction. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a corresponding move. So, oh, by the way, so this is tied into Rager, potentially. Mm-hmm. Wes Watkins, who was eligible because he served his three games on IR, he's now in a 20-day, 21-day practice window. So he's still on IR. But once they think he's ready, he'll come off IR. And that could be the move for Jalen Rager. So that, it's not a big deal here. But the good thing is Watkins is, is eligible to start practicing. And you know what? They could use him whenever he could play. Well, they could. But it, you'd have to think, just like with Alshon Jeffrey, that it, it, you don't just start practicing in, in a game. He's probably – first of all, he's a six-round pick uh, who may yeah. not have made the team, you know, ordinarily. And secondly, he's got to get his legs underneath him yeah. because he's out of practice. For yeah, and we don't know what his injury is. I've no idea what it is. It's never right. been reported, so it's kind of weird. Like it was never because he was put on IR to start the season. They didn't have to say what the injury was. <laughs> right. So I, I found that to be funny. Anyway, um, they did sign another tight end, by the way, Jason Kroom. Um, and they also, I'm sorry, they signed him to the practice squad along right. with Michael Jacquet, the cornerback who was with them. They released tight end Jordan Franks and Michael Warren, who it's yeah. funny. We, we kind of thought Mike Warren would get a shot and um, I don't want to get too far ahead, but I was disappointed in my tape watch with, and I don't know what you um, heard from your, we'll get to your resources, but I felt that Corey Clement and Boston Scott didn't do a great job Sunday of following blocks and going with the play call. I felt like they left some meat on the bone with their runs. Um, Mike Warren was kind of known as a guy who hits, hits the hole, draws contact, and break through it. But clearly they're kind of in their three running back show that they've got right now, and, or four with Huntley, even though he was mm-hmm. inactive. And it didn't seem like there'd be any opportunity for be it Holyfield or Warren or Killens or anybody else. Correct. Yeah, and Kroom has been on the fringes of the teams. So, look, this Goddard thing, you know, this Goddard uh, injury is killer because he – this is probably, I thought, would have been his breakout season. And now, who knows? Uh, it won't be just three weeks. It's going to be more than three weeks, as I understand it. Um, mm-hmm. No one, there's no exact timetable. It's based on, it's not, it, it's the way it's explained to me, it's not your typical ankle fracture where he's out six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. It could be less than that, but they just have to see how the flexibility is once it starts healing. 
Um, so that's killer. And well, they don't have I mean, a good blocking tight end. I mean, they re- if Zach Ertz yeah. has to be – because this yeah. guy, Butler, is a converted wide receiver. Yeah. And Goddard was really key in their 12 personnel to being that, as you said, move but in line with, with Ertz flexed, and they were able to run out of that fairly well. I don't know where they go to if they have to play the, uh, the extra offensive linemen if they want to do that or, you know, like a, a 13 personnel with, um, I don't know, I guess like Jordan Maialata coming in or if they just yeah. feel like Zach Ertz has to assume that role. He had some – and look, I know, I know it's Zach Ertz. I'm not trying to rip the guy. He had to play that role after Goddard went out. He had some really, really um, poor attempts at run blocking in that game. Where he look, it's not his forte. Yeah. Goddard's an exceptional blocker. When, he, when he's lined up correctly, he really can block. Mm-hmm. But I remember the Eagles telling me that it probably – I would say two or three weeks into his rookie training camp, they called him nosy in the run game. He was so good at it. He just had a he just had a knack for knowing how to block. Uh, so that you're right, Jeff. That's going to crush them. That that hurts. Uh, Richard Rodgers now is going to have to play more snaps. You know about his injury history. That's not good. Right. Um, also, listen with with the shot, he's got a hamstring strain. It's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if he plays this week. We'll 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 we'll, we'll have more information on our Friday morning uh, show. Uh, Alshon is going to Alshon Jeffrey's going to practice more this week. Still mm-hmm. don't know if he's playing this week. We just talked about Rager. Monte Maddox is going to miss multiple weeks with his ankle injury. I mean, n- now we, remember Jeff and I said, God forbid they lose an outside corner, they're in trouble. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yep, it's happened. It happened, and I, I like how Jim Schwartz today tried to uh, say how um, Trevor Williams didn't bite on the cheese. Uh, in some of the snaps, which is yeah. was good discipline. He also didn't cover T. Higgins well enough on his first snap and gave up a touchdown. So, but I mean, it was his first snap. Uh, it, stuff like that will happen. Uh, yep. Nonetheless, uh, as you mentioned, Deshaun Jackson. Not sure how. Uh, do you think he's even possible to play with, with him in a hamstring? I always have to assume I know. <laughs> one game. Yeah, I, Jeff. This has been so hard. You know, I, I look at thirty-two teams, not one, just one. But because of our show here. I pay particular attention to the Eagles' injuries. Mm-hmm. I there are so many guys hurt on both sides of the football. You know, Miles Sanders took a hard fall on a tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to see how he works throughout the week. I'm not saying there's any danger of him not playing, but you want to make sure that he's okay. Right. He had a really good game. We'll get into that. They've got so many guys banged up. Once again, it's hard to keep track of all these guys. It's just it's like what. I know people want to blame. I want to get to this. I know people want to blame the, blame the uh, training staff. I'm just telling you, folks, it's not the training staff. Now, if you want to talk about the lack of offseason practices, I'm all for it because it has been brought up to me by personnel people. Who are and preseason up. games. Yeah. I'm sorry? And preseason games as well. I mean, people yeah. minimize their importance, and that's fine, but they do get guys in a, a better physical shape to play. Todd Harriman's talked about that during Tales from the Blind Side, that mm. as much as we make fun of preseason games, they do help players get as close to game action and simulation as you can get, and it helps avoid injuries. Right, right. So not having this practice reps and training camp, because the first mm-hmm. two and a half weeks were walkthroughs, there's no exact way to quantify it, but the, the suspicion by personnel people in the NFL is that this has definitely had a negative impact. It's no one's right. fault. It's just the, the way it is. Sure. Um, so that's the injury picture as we know it. We'll have more on our Friday show on this stuff. And we'll, what we'll do is we'll give you an intel on Friday morning show of what we're hearing on Wednesdays and Thursdays practice, who's lining up where, 
and what to expect on matchups, obviously, against the Niners. Mm-hmm. We'll have a better idea on the Niners injury picture. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Which is really bad, Jeff. It's funny. <laughs> the two teams that are really decimated by injury happen to be playing each other on Sunday night. Yeah, that is true. Although uh, there have been a couple of teams over the last two days where you've heard about injuries and it's, oh, it's Chargers. just as oh. bad. The Chargers, my God. Without five defensive starters. Poor, they, yeah. I feel so bad for them. God damn. Denver. Well, I know oh Eagles fans don't. <laughs> What's that? I said Eagles fans don't. Yeah, they one don't guy said on Twitter, anybody. it's so funny, he said, hold my beer after they put the Chargers stuff up there. He goes, right. he goes Denver hold my beer or something like that. But um, yeah. look, they're, 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 they've got issues here. Um, there was one other transaction. The Eagles had late on Tuesday, and if my – is it Tuesday? Yeah. I will tell you what that is as we speak here. Um, yeah, the protections were Burnett, of course. Oh, mm-hmm. Travis Fulgham was protected. Luke Jurigan, okay. and Adrian Killens. Now, Fulgham – okay, before we get started here on the tape review from our sources. Fulgham did nothing but dominate in training camp practices. I know it's like he was running with the threes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a little work with the twos, but the kid is long and he can move and he can run. He's a good kid. He's got ability. He's a former basketball player. The Eagles are onto something with him, but the problem is, is as we've said throughout for the last four or five weeks, training camp is triple A baseball. This is the major leagues. We've seen this with John Hightower. So right. we, we don't want to get like we don't want to fool people, but I'm just telling you, I'm just giving you information. The guy really looked good in the limited time that he got. And he's very intriguing. And this is the perfect developmental player on your practice squad. The Eagles need to give this guy a chance. Well, let's do some one plus one equals two here. Um, Travis Ful- – is it Fulham or Fulgham? Fulgham. 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 Whatever. We know who it is. Yeah. Is a speed receiver, correct? Yes. Has- yes. Okay. Yes. He's a speed receiver. He's protected this week. Deshaun Jackson is nursing a hamstring strain and is questionable to play. Uh, I know Can I do going. some one Good plus stuff. one equals two there? I mean, does yeah. that – and Quez Watkins won't be ready, right? <laughs> Good stuff, detective. <laughs> Very right. good. I, I should have gotten that. I, I should have said it. Good job. Yeah, it's uh, – this kid is so intriguing. When I was at practice, four mm-hmm. or five times I was there, I was there for his first practice. All he did is make plays, and I told – I mean, I was told that in practice, when the media was not there, he looked really good. Super mm-hmm. intriguing and good job by the Eagles to protect him. And if, as you say, they do bring him up on Saturday because they have till Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, you know what? Why not? Why not? They're, they're down so many receivers now. If Alshon's not ready, I mean, look, think about it, Jeff. It's Greg Ward, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's – who the hell else is there? Bur- probably Burnett, I would think. But right now he's technically not on the roster. It's J.J. Right. Ortega-Whiteside who supposedly got hurt in, in uh, warm-ups. And Hightower. They have nobody yeah. available. It's beginning to feel a lot like last December. My yes. <laughs> Although that, that was a good time for the Eagles, but not for their wide receivers. Well, they learned it. Listen, yes, they did learn about Burnett. That the guy could play as a fifth receiver. Yes, he So can. They, got, they got problems, my friend. They got problems. All right. Um, we'll break this down. Remember, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code ITB for a special offer when you sign up. That's code ITB. For a special offer 
when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Guess who, guess who took it on the chin last night, the other night when uh, I parlayed the Chiefs, give, uh, Chiefs getting, giving, getting through either way. I parlayed the Chiefs with an over-under of 54.5, which means 55 points would have made me a winner. They scored – the total was 54 in that game. Oh, my God. It's incredible. And Butker, Butker missed a PAT. Oh, he did. He also missed, <laughs> he also missed a field goal, too. Right. So, uh, you know, they did me in. Or else wow. I would have, uh, I would oh, have cashed wow. in nicely on that one. But gotcha. that's okay. Uh, I don't bet enough to really get hurt in the pocket but anyway, but it would have been nice. All right. Let's uh, break this thing down. Offensive coaching tape. Uh, our sources, our observations. We start with Carson Wentz. Uh, I'll give you mine, but I, I want to hear – a sourced intel on this, Adam, mm-hmm. what, what you've heard from Carson um, that we haven't already addressed mechanically. All right. This is the first time that I've heard this. I, you alluded to it at the start of the show, but I could give you a little bit better context. So mm-hmm. he's not getting that clear picture of what he's looking at. Uh, there was a play. I have to see this on tape. I don't know if you saw it. I guess Deshaun <laughs> in the red That's zone. The yep. I already have it written down. Yeah. Yep. Was screaming over he stared him down he saw him and he didn't pull the trigger this is how Wentz has regressed mm-hmm. this never happened in 18 or 17 right. now I should say never happened in 18 or 17 but it didn't happen very much this is year five when you see Deshaun going over the middle and you're getting you the Eagles got the look they got the route they, they had the great play call mm-hmm. they got him moving across and, and going forward there's no way they would have stopped him it would have been a touchdown and he, and he, he didn't throw it yeah so that's the second drive of the game. You know, the first one is the interception. Yeah. And what I really thought was impressive, Adam, was that the second drive of the game, even in the first drive, um, he made a couple of nice throws early. Then obviously he makes a bad decision. I don't think that's an inaccuracy. I think it was a decision to throw into that traffic and he got intercepted. Uh, the ball was also tipped. So tipped. You can, right, but right. he never should have thrown it, number one. Never should have thrown it. That's a decision right. to me. That was right. problem. Right, that's correctable. But here's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to quarterbacks about this over the years and coaches and so forth. Guys who think they have to do too much, start mm-hmm. they start thinking out there, okay, you know what? I can make this play. I could get us going. We're not doing well. I could do it. He just needs to play within the, the structure of the offense. He's not mm-hmm. doing that right now. He's still forcing too many throws. He yeah. didn't – you know, it's interesting. He didn't do this. And what's interesting about his final – the final quarter of the season – when he put the team on his back, he played really well. When he was throwing to practice squad guys and street free agents, mm-hmm. he did play within structure. Now, because of what we just outlined a couple of minutes ago, he might be playing with a bunch of low end guys on Saturday right. or so, excuse me Sunday, and he just needs to trust the coaches to design it. Greg Ward is playing really well. We'll get into him to a second in a second. Just trust the coaches to scheme these guys open, mm-hmm. and if you just do that, it's on them. Then they take the blame. Yeah. Don't you do something that you shouldn't be doing? This is not a situation where, okay, you know what? It's got to be a pinpoint throw, and he could he can make the throw. It's a risky throw, but he can make it because he knows he can make it. These are just bad decisions, period, end of story. Agree. So here we are in the second possession, and he does a nice job responding from that interception. There, there was a play that you probably recall where Jason Peters gets beat to the inside and totally foobars the whole play, and it sets up a third and three. <laughs> foobars. <laughs> And, and, and Carson responds. He hits um, 84. Uh, that's that's uh, Greg Ward. Greg Ward. Yep. Really nice pass. 12 yards, first down. And you're like, you're starting to see Carson move the offense. And I thought the running game, we'll talk about that in a minute, 
was very diversified. It actually had a lot of what we were looking for at the beginning of the game, not so much at the end. So he gets into the red zone, and the play you're referring to is a three-by-one formation where Zach Ertz is kind of on the boundary by himself. And yeah, then he, was three the wide he was the X. Yeah, he was right. the X. And Deshaun's in the slot there. And I watched it five times, Adam, because as you mentioned, when Straps back, he looks – he can tell that, that Ertz isn't there. He looks to his left, and both the outside receiver and the slot receiver are well-spaced out, and they're both run, uh, running quick ins. Like, you know, they run up the field and then in quick In-breaking routes, yep. yep. Yeah, in-breaking routes. And they both had lack, uh, off coverage. So when Deshaun breaks in – the, it's the middle of the field is open just based on the design of the play in the defense and and Wentz is looking at him and I'm I'm actually the third time I'm watching it I'm like throw it throw it like like <laughs> like it's gonna happen <laughs> and that's and a I painful just, part of that's a yeah I don't know what happened of, there yeah that's the painful part of what, watching all 22 because you're seeing the same tape uh, although the Eagles actually shoot it teams shoot their own tape and then there's the dub center you right. know, the NFL films you know they 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 send to them but Bottom line is uh, Carson, he's gotten to this rut that young quarterbacks get to. Donovan McNabb had the same issue. Mm-hmm. So many young quarterbacks go through it. Carson is in his fifth year. You wouldn't expect it, but young quarterbacks go through this when they're not they're, – they're, for some reason they're overthinking is the best explaining, explanation I've gotten from people that I trust. Right. Just let the play flow. You know what the play is. You know, you know what the progression is. Throw it. He's right. open. Get, make, get him special in the middle of the field. The game – the play is over. Deshaun scoring if he does his job there, and yeah, it's uh, it's tough when you watch the tape. It's just you you want the guy to execute the play because it's so simple. It's it's absolutely designed the right way. Yeah, it was there, and so they have to settle for a field goal on that drive. And um, so a couple of my other observations going through is that Carson seems to throw the ball fairly well between the hash marks, but he really struggles. And and that Deshaun one seems to be a, an example also of seeing the guys that are open on the right and left sides. It's like if it's not where he expects it to be, and usually over the middle, whether, you, whether you're having a slant or a crossing route, you kind of know where the open man's going to be. He can do that. But those, those routes outside, he either misses them like he did with Miles Sanders, right, or he just isn't seeing it. There was a play later in the game, I wrote it down, where John Hightower – no, 84 is uh, Ward. Ward, was, mm-hmm. uh, Ward, Ward actually played on the outside um, more, than, more than, you know, usual, and we've, we've mentioned that he does that. Uh, there, were a t- there was a time where Carson had a chance to, to hit him because he actually put a nice move on the corner, even though he's not dynamic. He goes open, and Carson just doesn't pull the trigger there. And I, you don't know what's going on in his head, but it's just not, it's just not seeing that. Jeff, remember I said last year, and you let off the the uh, the title of the show was you you might have said trust the process or whatever the the title was, but it was coming from our show where I said here's what I'm told he's not trusting his pass targets, mm-hmm. just throw it to him, put it on him, and if they don't catch it, it's their fault. Just trust them, just trust yeah. the coaches to design it. He's not. We're back at square one. That's exactly what happened last year. He's not trusting everything. There's yeah. another problem that was pointed out to me. I thought this was the case, but now I've got it confirmed. He's not putting it on the right shoulder. There's, this is happening every game. There are four to six passes where it, Definitely. it's supposed to be here, if you're watching this on YouTube, and it's here. And, the, and you're making the receiver adjust. 
And what you always want, as it's been taught to me by coaches, is that you always want your pass target to be moving forward, not mm-hmm. to slow down to get it. Yeah, it's it's on them, but it's when you make the guy slow down, that's you want you want rack yard, yak yards. You're not mm-hmm. getting it. So this is also another problem that Carson's having. He's not putting on the right shoulder. And yes. you can't do that. That's inaccuracy. I'm sorry. I don't care if the guy caught it. Make the guy when Carson is elite, when he was elite in 17, he threw with anticipation. He made the guy go forward. He's not doing that. And again, you can't blame coaching on this. He knows what he's do- he knows what to do. He's just not doing it. Yeah. And then the 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 um he's not here's another one that I got from another source. He's not throwing with a proper arm slot all the time. You yes, you can like you can throw off balance if your feet are set and your shoulder rolls correct. But it he's like it's kind of like when I play tennis sometimes when I don't hit the ball straight, it's because I'm throwing tight. He's not always on the correct arm slot, the, the mm-hmm. angle, and it causes the ball to go a little bit awry, and that has something to do with the, the, the ball not on the right shoulder. There are all sorts of issues with his mechanics. Yeah. It's hard to explain unless we're going to a, 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 a board, but I've got some different sources on this, this tape, so um, they're specifically looking at Wentz because they're going to be playing the Eagles soon, and they're <laughs> noticing he's really not right. They, they're very disappointed. It's funny because there's such an appreciation in the scouting community with Wentz from other teams. Because they, uh-huh. they know how talented he is. But, man, he is um, – you know, it's interesting, though, and you were alluding to it before we move on here. There are, so, there are, there are also some really good throws in this game. The Ertz yes. one was incredible. The one in the second half was, like, unbelievable. The, 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 the one that was terrific. But there are just not a lot of good throws, though. That's the problem, Jeff. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, he did hit Hightower, in a, not just the touchdown, but he did hit him uh, later in the game over the middle on some good ones. He he generally made more good throws than bad throws. It's just that the bad ones are killer. Like you mentioned, throwing to the wrong shoulder is exactly what happened on the Zach Ertz interception. I mean, that's a that's a completed pass if it's thrown to the on the out the way it's supposed to be, just like game one, Jalen Rager. You throw that to the outs, he gets the ball, you leave it inside, then Ronald Darby picks it off. That. That one, to me, is perplexing because, I mean, that's, that's as you mentioned a couple of years ago, Carson's not having issues with that kind of throw. And this one can't be trust because he's throwing a Zach Ertz. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's good just good point. That, their chemistry has always been great. And now without Goddard, Ertz's targets are going to go way up. I mean, he had 10 in this game. Mm-hmm. Ward led him in 11. But Zach's going to have to take over. He's looked really good. He's – he just needs help, man. Um, Hightower's got to step it up. John Hightower is just not pl- – he's not – he's not – and I, I used this term before. He's not making himself a target. Mm-hmm. He needs to do a better job of running crisp, crisp route run, routes like he was in training camp. Mm. This just goes to show you training camp – I'm going to start backing off the training camp stuff. It's our job to let people know what we're told, but just take it for what it's worth. It, it Not a grain of salt, but – it doesn't mean all that much. It means at least he's executing what he, but that is another training camp is another season. This is the real thing. Right. And he's just not commanding the ball. He only had three targets and he needs to be a factor. He has not been a factor so far. Yeah. I would say there were about three or four times I charted where it was a coverage sack or a coverage bad play because Carson just, because nobody was getting off their man. Oh, uh, oh, and that's then, another issue, Jeff. Yeah. There are a lot of plays guys were not getting open. I don't know how many I, I, I was told to, I was told by somebody, there were too many plays where guys were not getting open. And, you know, the Eagles are far splits. They're, the mm-hmm. receivers are, like, almost to the boundary sometimes. 
Right. They need to do Rams tight splits where like Woods and Cup and Higby are all tight and they disperse and you don't, mm-hmm. and you make the defense think they're not doing that. They really should be doing that. That, that would be probably helpful for them. Um, yeah. And then they're obviously, I timed up some of the sacks and I think everyone realizes Jason Peters had a bad game. I'm not sure everybody realizes just how bad uh, occasionally some of those snaps were. Uh, I was charting sacks, and there were some that were in 2.5 seconds, 2.3 seconds. So some of the plays that looked like Carson was not seeing the field or running too soon or hurried, he was really – he had guys on top of him uh, mm-hmm. way too fast. For a defensive line, that's good, but not great. I mean, he had, he had guys uh, on top of him. So that, that, that's with Carson. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the running game. When you really watch it snap by snap, you realize that um, even when Herbig's playing well or Pryor can be playing okay, they, they stalemate instead of pushing guys back, and that forces running backs to be very – they have a, uh, they have to get skinny through the hole or they have very little margin of error. So I will come down on Clement and Scott. I felt that at times they didn't follow the correct blocks, but I also understand that it's a split second thing in your head. And it's not like they've, the offensive line is not resetting the line of scrimmage for them in the run. a lot. Yeah. Look, let's face it. You don't have Brandon Brooks. You don't have Isaac Sayamalo. You're going to take a, you're going to take a step down. Now I'll give Sanders credit. Boy, he looks smooth. This is what I was told. Smooth. No, uh, he hit it up in there, which is a scouting term. And he hit it and he went up. Uh, not that they need – he had 18 carries, but the, the thing that is disappointing, and this is not his fault, it's Carson's. Carson missed him on the, on the wheel for a touchdown. One of the best routes I've ever seen a running back. He completely turned the, the defender inside out. Yep. He also missed him on another one, another pass, so at least two where he missed him. Sanders' inclusion of the offense is even going to be bigger now in the pass game, just like it was last year because they're down in pass targets. Mm-hmm. But – the Eagles did learn a lot about him. He is a marvelous receiver out of the backfield. He's special. And even when all these guys come back, it's not going to change much. He's going to be heavily involved in the pass game because he's, he's a complete mismatch for linebackers. He, he, they, this kid, over time, folks, if you have him for fantasy, just hang <laughs> in there. Once they, once they actually stay healthy for a season, he's, he's going to be good this year. He, he's already he's had back-to-back. Yeah, sorry. he's had back-to-back 100-yard games, right? Yeah, he's, had, yeah, he's, had a re- he, he's played well. He looks great. Yeah, but it's just a shame that they're so. Peters is really playing like an older player. His reflexes are not very good. He's just hanging on. He was really good at guard. It's a shame they can't. It is a shame that they're not willing to play Mylotta at left tackle. They just won't do it. It's a shame. Right. And right. keep Jason inside. I'll tell you what. I would do that in a heartbeat. It was my call. I'm playing Mylotta at left tackle. I'm playing Jason inside where he was dominant, where he mm-hmm. could use his weight and his width. But they won't do it. It's a shame. But I, we don't have a vote. It's too bad. <laughs> yeah, we also, I mean, I, I assume, you know, we want to assume my lot is going to be good and ready, but no idea. You know, running game, is he no, pushing guys back? It, but, or is right, he just, but yeah. take a chance, man. Take a chance. Yeah, I hear you. Um, speaking of taking a chance or at least trying something, I am going to give some credit to Doug Peterson and then take a little bit back. After watching the tape, he did use a lot of motion. Uh, I think we said after the game, I saw motion, but it would be like a guy would motion, but then there would be still three or four seconds before they snapped the ball. No, especially in the first quarter, not just motion, but misdirection. In fact, Miles Sanders' first two runs, he had over 20-something yards, 17 and 11. Adam, it was such a great 
Kyle Shanahan-like design, one of his runs. Um, the guards, both guards, Herbig and Pryor, and a tight end, all kind of pull to the left. But another player comes across in motion to the right, and the run is to the right. It's one of those misdirections with motion. And the way the offensive line goes, the opposite of the way the running back goes. Right. And you, right. saw, you saw Miles Sanders have two really nice runs. And I would say in the first half, I did see a lot of that. Second half, it was like back to the old running game where the only movement you're getting is, yeah, you would see a little wide receiver motion, but then maybe like uh, a trap, like Peters comes up the middle or Lane Johnson. They or had one trap. They actually had one, which they hit. Yeah. Yeah, and th- that's good, but that's, that's what they've always done. There, there was nothing innovative there. I, like I, you saw, I don't know what happened because they were succeeding with it in the first quarter. And then it just like reverted back to their, their regular old Doug Peterson run. I, I was told in the first half they did they didn't do a lot of it. They did a little mm-hmm. bit. They, they they're not going to be the Rams. Let, let let's just make this clear. They're not going to be the, the Niners. No, not the Niners. The right. It'll never happen. Because but but not that we're going to say the Eagles are the the Chiefs. But Andy Reid reinvented himself. We went to the Chiefs. Okay, Doug Peterson needs to take a look at himself here. You're, I whether it was his call or not, they added these coaches. Mm-hmm. Reiner from college football, okay? And Ritz Gangarello, who comes from the Shanahan tree. At some point, stop making excuses why you can't do it. it it's, not a, it's not just because, Jeff, okay, well, they have all these new players. You can't do it. You didn't have an offseason. It sure right. as hell isn't stopping the Rams or the Niners. No, not at all. So at all. you need to start doing it. And this, Well, I think the baffling thing for me is when you actually have some success with it early on, uh, it's almost as if – you know how the first 15 plays are scripted? It's almost yeah. like they built these um, really nice innovative run schemes into their first 15, but then didn't go have it for the rest of the game. Like, because it wasn't built in to the rest of the game, it wasn't called on. And that, that to me, is disappointing. Yeah, I agree. I, they should – he should make it part of the game plan now. Eye candy is what – you need eye candy, man. You need, it, you need to do things they haven't seen before. Yeah, and you and and you base some of it off of what Scangarello and Brian are bringing in. If you respect these guys, start doing it. And, and yes, as you said, they started doing some, but it should be a lot heavier, man. You need to help, Wentz. You need to help. The, you need to skip. Right. The thing about Shanahan, Kyle, which is so good. I remember Carlos Hyde telling me this. Carlos Hyde told me in seventeen he never had so much space to run. Why? Mm-hmm. Because of deception. It it it's all about deception. And you right. got to start doing that, and, and at least they're started, but it should be part of every game plan. It should be. And I do wonder um, if, you know, the, the teams that really execute these, like the 49ers, uh, the Chiefs, uh, some other teams that do the, the so much pulling and trapping, they have really athletic – I mean, they draft athletic interior offensive linemen to be able to do that. Now, Jason Kelsey fits that bill, but Herbig and Pryor really don't. So I wonder if – Doug just thinks that he can't do a full game's worth of this because he doesn't have the, the personnel that he would ordinarily want to have to pull that off. I'm not trying to make an excuse. I'm just wondering it's why fair. It's you fair, would do but something you, and then not. You know? Right. It's, it, you're right. It's fair. But do what you can to give the defense something to think about. You know, we've been on Schwartz now for over a year, and we'll get to him. He actually did some stuff. Not a lot, but he did a little bit of pre-snap stuff. you got to start doing stuff that's different because – if you keep running the same old plays, it's it's just too stale is the term that was given to me. They 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 get a little little stale, right? But uh, and I want to mention before we move to the defense, Greg Ward was was he just has this knack. I know he's not explosive. I know he's a possession receiver, 
Mm-hmm. But, the, but Greg Ward played college football at quarterback. It clearly has helped him understand spacing. He does get open in a short area. With this receiver course so banged up, and we saw it last year, the guy has a knack for getting open. Now, the 20-yard, 29-yard touchdown catch was a miscommunication with the Bengals' secondary. Right. Never should have happened, but it happened, and he scored. Yeah. Good. Sure, sure. But, no, to your point, I do have – and I mentioned one of them. There were about three plays where I saw Ward get open, stack the corner, uh, either through great route running or just, you know, physical. He is a physical guy, even though he's short. Uh, he, he can take a jam. As you saw, even with the, the blown coverage, he took a jam – at scrimmage on that play and beat it for the touchdown. And again, on the other ones, Carson just did not pull the trigger to him. And I was very surprised to see that. So hopefully that is something that they work out uh, going forward. Um, speaking of something that's uh, creative and inge- has some ingenuity, we keep telling you guys about Manscaped and uh, <laughs> you got to take advantage of this deal that we're offering you, uh, or at least Manscaped at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. And folks, it's not just about, the lawnmower. It's not just about the ball trimmer. There's more. I mean, they've not just about the crop preserver and the reviver. I mean, they have excellent nose hair trimmer stuff. Oh, your hair trimmer uh, apparatus. So if you're, you know, if you listen to us and you're like, yeah, man, that stuff's not for me, you know, below the belt stuff. Well, I think the above the belt stuff is just as important. I know yes. a lot of people don't like the bats in the cave and they don't like the ear hair and they just like to be manicured from neck up. Certainly I do. I don't like to have all that stuff hanging around. And so Manscaped has some really good, um, you know, machinery that'll help you with that as well. So you got to just check out their, their website, manscaped.com. It's not just below the belt stuff, although that stuff is fantastic too. And again, 20% off and free shipping. If you use the code ITB, so give it a look. Don't be afraid. (laughs) <laughs> your your lady will respect it for you. The people you associate will respect you for it because you won't look like a haggard old guy walking around with, with you know, the bats in the cave and stuff coming out of your ears. So take advantage of our offer. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code ITB. All right, let's go to defensive coaching tape. Uh, you know, the defense did a really good job. Obviously, the, the defensive line, Adam, I thought was um, really, really impactful in this game. Yeah, Josh Sweat, you know, did technically start. Uh, he, you know, Barnett, the issue with him was how many snaps he could play because he's, he missed, you know, nearly six weeks of work. And you know, Sweat, you know, you always, want, you always worry about how many snaps you give him because of, of the, you know, the knee. He did have 38 snaps. Uh, you know, Barnett, uh, certainly in his time, did a good job. Uh, he, he also played uh, quite a bit. They actually, pl- they both played 30, 38 snaps apiece. What, what I'm told on Sweat is, with and you're starting to see it even more. He's starting to understand his size and his length. Because mm-hmm. when he first got here in 18, he would flash in training camp, but he really was not ready. 19, you started to see him. Okay, he's six five. He's got extremely long arms, and they started to use him inside. And now that the coaches kind of know what he is, and and he knows how to use his size. As a rotational DN, he is a he. He and Barnett now, they should have. If everybody stays healthy, they're going to have a really, really good uh, rotation here. Sweat looked good. Barnett, this is the best Barnett's looked since last season. Right, uh, he's getting off the ball. He's he looks healthier. He's moving better. He didn't look mm-hmm. good in his first game, but uh, I'm told he looks much better. So that that's that's good news here. Hargrave is not ready yet. He's just he's out there. You know, he didn't play a ton of snaps. He only played 32. 
which mm-hmm. which was surprising to me. I didn't know that, um, and, but I, I just was told that he's still not back. He's just not right yet. He's just getting his 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 conditioning back. Right. So you're hoping two or three more weeks, he starts looking like the guy. And remember though, and I forgot about this. Obviously, he's never played in a four three in the NFL, so the techniques are different. So he's got to get used to that. And not having a real training camp, Jeff, for him clearly is an issue. So we need to be patient with him when you, he's being evaluated. Yeah, no, I, and Jim Schwartz even alluded to it in his uh, Zoom on Tuesday that Javon still has to get his conditioning up. But they have been playing well having Malik Jackson and Fletcher Cox. In fact, Schwartz joked about how often uh, Malik Jackson was on top of Joe Burrow and, you know, almost decapitating him at one point. Um, and he is fast. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, gets off the ball. His, because his, he's he's also very long. Mm-hmm. What you're going to see, and now we're starting to see this emerge, is once Har once Hargrave is himself with this rotation of her, if everybody's healthy. Brandon Graham, by the way, I'm told had a fantastic game. He was relentless. Yeah, see, he's feeling the urgency to be great because they need him to be great. He is. He, he was terrific. This offense, this D line is going to be nasty. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of what we thought. It's almost there. It's like seventy five percent of the way there. They need Hargrave to really be a factor, but they're going to have a really good rotation. The D line dominated as they should have because they went against a bad offensive line. Right. But uh, Graham, Graham and Jackson, particularly Graham, Jackson had some really good snaps. Cox was better this game. Uh, you're starting to see him to get in better condition. Sweat, as we mentioned, so they got it going on here, and they hit they hit him eighteen times, and it had eight sacks and it wasn't just the numbers I'm told the tape really did reflect the numbers this time yeah and you know you, 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 we said it in the opener Carson Wentz was playing well in the first quarter he had hit the two two deep passes but he was also getting hit at an absurd rate and then when you get hit you, you wind up turning the ball over right you're trying to you're, you're hurrying your throw Joe Burrow got hit and hit and hit and the man did not make a mistake so tip of the cap to him that's why he's number one overall pick and maybe just maybe the Bengals actually have a bright future uh, down the road, if they can fix that offensive them. line, they got to yeah. redo their off. They have one oh, yeah. good offensive lineman as their left tackle, and they, they just have done an awful job. Uh, this would never happen here. The, the 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 good organizations like the Eagles and the Patriots, and you could go through all of them. You build the lines first, offensive defense, and then you build the way back. The Bengals have not done that, and that's on their front office. And the owner, Mike Brown, has personnel control. He's done an awful job of building their office. It's really embarrassing. I know. I think they, they drafted Burrow number one overall. I don't think they had, they had no other first-round picks, right? So they had the first pick in the second round. I think that's – is that when they took Logan Wilson? They, no, he was the first pick of the third round. Oh, it's the first pick of the third round. And then the first pick of the fourth round is when they took uh, Akeem Davis-Gaither, I believe. Uh, and then at some point they also got Marcus Bailey – from Purdue. So they were going linebacker crazy after drafting a quarterback. <laughs> Dumb. Absolutely stupid. This is why they're, they're so bad. Uh, they uh-huh. have better people, but Mike Brown's got to be smarter. He should have learned from his father, uh, the great Paul Brown. I mean, he, anyway, when it's not a Bengal show, I just, I just want people to understand that the way you win is you build on the lines and you, that's, you could, if your quarterback's decent and you build through the lines, you're going to be at least 500. Right. And it's just the rest of the team. How did you build it? But, this, mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. The Eagles did what they, 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 they should have done. And the good thing is with the D-line now, they know, they now know, and, and Matt Burke, the D-line coach, knows, they could dominate now because everyone's there, knock on wood. Right. Now it's just a matter of, okay, schematically, you're going against a better line this week of the Niners. There are some weaknesses in part of their line because of injury. How could you win? And mm-hmm. that, but at least they have that going for them that they play well.
Yeah, that's true. Um, let's talk about the linebackers. Uh, I had mentioned uh, on Monday night when we were doing our show on 97.5 The Fanatic, uh, which we do every Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m., that T.J. Edwards getting way more snaps than Duke Riley was not because they were down on Duke Riley, but because they were trying they, – they felt that the Bengals were going to try to establish the run. They wanted more size with Mixon out there. Uh, Edwards is their, their better run-stopping linebacker. And, so, and not just that, but also the same reason why – Cravon LeBlanc was your starting nickel instead of Roby Coleman, who's a lot smaller. So this was not performance related. It was matchup related. Don't know how that might change this coming week, but uh, Edwards and and Gary got most of the snaps and Gary again, I imagine you're going to tell me um, (laughs) was not good. (laughs) No, it, it, he's the problem is with the Eagles is this is all they have. Uh So they have to live with it. So they're, 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 they're struggling, man. They're just, they're, they're bad there. I mean, it's just, the guys are trying. I give them credit. Um, TJ Edwards is, is, we could argue who the best linebacker is. He's certainly improved, but they, they, they're just getting, they're getting taken. I mean, they're getting taken. I mean, it's just, we get, and I know Jim Schwartz said, oh, well, they didn't give up a lot of plays in the middle. I mean, some people don't agree with that, um, but their, their linebacker core is, I'm very surprised that they didn't – see, if, if Zach Taylor was a better coach in terms of play calling, he would have got Gio Bernard more involved in the pass game mm-hmm. and just gone right at those linebackers because he's so explosive. That's just – that's a – the Eagles are very lucky that they're, they're facing teams that don't quite get it. Mm. The, the, McVay sure as hell did, but the, Zach Taylor needs to understand, man, you're given an opportunity here. It gets a team that linebackers are the worst group in the National Football League. You need to take advantage of it. Look, the Eagles, by the way, before we move to the next position, because the Eagles' D-line dominated, which they should have, they, they stopped mixing. They shut him down. And you know why? But the, the thing is, though, everybody dominates the Bengals. That's why Mixon, Mixon was terrible the first half of last season. Yeah. Because he keeps getting hit behind the, the line, just like l- l- last year. The same thing's happening. But uh, I'm, I'm still – other than the 42-yard play, Bernard crushed them on, on that catch and run. They should have got him way more involved. And I, I got to think, gets the Niners, Kyle Shanahan sees this and he's going to do it. Oh, yeah. I, I would think so, just like, uh, just like Sean McVay did. Um, Jim Schwartz did mention, Adam, uh, I think it was Paul Domowicz who asked him about Davion Taylor and about Sean Bradley and how close they were. And if you listen to the answer from Jim, who doesn't give up a whole lot, I mean, you can never, I can't say, you can never be surprised, right? He could pull something out, but he, he was insinuating these guys are progressing and running the scout team, which, does, which means you're not practicing the actual Eagles defense very much, right? You know, right. so for, for, for anyone to expect Taylor or Sean Bradley to all of a sudden be, you know, replacing Gary or getting on the field a little bit, First, they got to actually practice with the, the defense, the actual Eagles defense right now. And it doesn't sound like Jim Schwartz is ready to do that yet. So as you mentioned, uh, when we started talking about linebackers, they are what they are. And I don't know how, how anything can change. Trot, Trot's not coming in here, okay, folks? <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> what, did, what did Rick Pitino say? Larry Bird is the, not coming through that not door. Not walking through that tunnel, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just you had Bill Berge, 66, my favorite Eagle growing up here in Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's uh, Bill is the quintessential li- middle linebacker. Look, you have what you have. T.J. Edwards has a chance to be a decent player, but they need help there, and they got they got to address it. And w- they got to address it. But 
that's all I have at linebacker. I, I, I didn't ask a lot, and I got the feedback that Gary should not be starting anymore, but you have yeah. what you have. Yeah, what you got. All right, we'll get into the secondary real quick. I want to remind everybody, as we always do, check out phlsportsnation.com, enhancing the fan experience by covering all four Philly teams like nobody else. They also cover the union very well, too, so I should say all five Philly professional teams like nobody else. Great content. Uh, great podcast as well. So check them out, phlsportsnation.com. You can find them on Twitter, at phlsportsnation. And we'll take a brief pause for another word from a great sponsor. Hey, it's Jeff Mosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly, anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. All right, let's talk about the uh, secondary because it was kind of, uh, I don't know, uneven if you think about it. I mean, Avante Maddox was not playing well, then he exited. I thought Darius Slay saved them, honestly. Mm-hmm. He, he saved them by coming back or else they would have lost. And as, as with Nikhil Roby Coleman, Adam, he didn't have a good, uh, great, outstanding first half, but he made a great play in overtime on third down, I think, to break up a pass that also – save them because it looked like if the receiver, I think it was Auden Tate maybe, or uh, had caught the ball over him, he would have had a long run and they could have gotten into scoring position. Yeah. Slay was terrific. And remember he ha- he hurt his arm and he came back. He is so competitive and he's just a really good footballer. That's a hell of a trade they got there. I mean, they, they, they got a, they didn't have to give up a first round pick for a proven player. Without yeah. Darius Slay, they're not playing this much man. Uh, last year they started to play more man than they had in years past. But Slay gives him a chance to play. In fact, Greg Cosell said going to this game. I mean, I, I'm sh- I know you know he, he's, he has access to stats. But they play more man coverage than any team in the National Football League. I never thought I'd see that with Jim Schwartz. But amazing, right? So, so as it was explained to me by a team source, the Eagles just simply they, they don't play very good zone defense. So they uh, they play little zone in this game, very little, mostly mostly man. I'm told, and Slay was great. Maddox did not play well. If the Eagles have their druthers, I think next year he'll be the slot corner. Remember, yes. Roby Coleman's on a one-year deal. Maddox has a chance to be an outstanding slot corner, but he's mm-hmm. not an outside corner. Um, they, they have what they have. Um, they, they're down to now to Trevor Williams as their – I guess they'll be starting on the outside. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll know more by Friday, but my goodness, Jeff. They, you know, Jalen Mills – you know, they have him playing some of that Roddy, that, that uh, Malcolm Jenkins position. He's been up and down, still up and down. Their secondary has been, I would say, less than average so far. Uh, Tyler, uh, Boyd just crushed them. I don't know what the coverage was. I asked somebody who was who graded the tape. They said they did nothing. To, they never doubled him. That he could tell. If they did, it would be a traditional double. They mm-hmm. just, They just clearly – didn't have a plan for him. He, he killed them. Now, Jim Schwartz might say, hey, but they only gave up 23 points. That's true. But the fact of the matter is uh, their defense still has issues. I know they have, I know they have injury issues in the back end. That, that, that's obvious. And you have what you have, as coaches will always tell you. 
but uh, they're struggling on the back end here to to play tight coverage. They just cannot do it for whatever reason, other than Slay play. He did a great job against – I was told he didn't line up every snap on A.J. Green, but he might have lined up mostly on A.J. Green. He did a very good mm-hmm. job on him. All right, I'm going to issue a warning to our listeners, all right? Uh, maybe they'll like this warning. But um, first of all, I'll preface it by saying I don't know what kind of player Kayvon Wallace is going to be. He's not on the field right now. He's learning. I understand it. I'm not disappointed. I expected it. I think you did too. He's a fourth-round pick. Um, he may have a bright future ahead of him. I don't know. Regardless, the Eagles are going to need two safeties, right? Because Rodney McLeod's another year older, and um, Jalen Mills, to me, is not the future at safety, at the other safety spot. If the Eagles do not draft a safety in the next draft in the second or third round, and I'm already dismissing the idea that they would do it in the first, but if they don't use a higher pick on a safety for the, what, 11th straight year, I may spend the entire post-draft podcast ripping them to shreds because I'm tired of saying that they've ignored this position and acted like it's not important Year after year after year. I hear right? you, man. I hear you. That's, it's, uh, That's my, my rant that might become a bigger rant at the end of the year. Yeah, look, I was surprised. You know, we all like Rodney, but I was surprised that they brought him back. I mean, he, he was coming off an injury, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I know they need a veteran. That's why they did it. I, I understand that. And, you know, Mills is changing positions. Okay. But they're going to have to – Not this, this is not an off-season show. We need to move on here. But they're going to have a lot of work to do this offseason. We know about the cap problems. It's, but getting back to this situation, Jeff, before we close mm-hmm. out of here, there's some encouraging things on defense, particularly the front four. That's really good that, to know that we know now that based on our intel we've gotten that their D-line dominated like they should have. Right. But what you're seeing is they're healthy, knock on wood, and you're starting to see the guys like Sweat emerge like we, he was last year, but even better now. He's, he's improved. That's a good story. Malik Jackson – Starting to look like what they thought they were getting. He's so athletic and he's motivated because after what happened in Jacksonville, pretty good character guy. He's making a great effort. BG, it looks great. Look, there, and they just need Hargrave now to get to where they thought he would be. He's, playing, he's being paid a lot of money to do it, but mm-hmm. you know he had a couple injuries, so he's getting there. He's getting there. All right. Encouragement definitely about the front four. Uh, that's going to do it for this breakdown, this tape breakdown uh, pod. You got me all, I got all hot and bothered there about the safety position, as I tend to do uh, every like two or three months or so. <laughs> uh, and by the way, Will Parks should be eligible to come up because it's been three weeks, but I think we'll find out he's not ready later yet this, this week. week if he's going right. to be ready. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, he's got to practice first and foremost. So we'll see on that. Uh, that will do it for this edition of Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel. Big thanks to our producer, Hunter Brody. You know what to do by going to YouTube, checking out his work there. It's called Sports Talk with Broads. He's also on Twitter, at Broads81. And as always, we thank you for flying with us inside the bird.